Hello, and welcome to Raising Code. This is a podcast about four moms who are also web developers who are at different places in their career and in four different time zones. Hi, everyone. Welcome. And today's topic will be all about tools. So we have been developing and using various tools from designing, planning, development and deployment over the past year or so. So we'd like to share some of our topics with you and maybe it will help you to decide to try something new or convince you to stick with a beloved tried and tested. But first of all, let's do a quick intro for everyone here on the panel today. I'm Louise Hayes. I'm a full stack JavaScript engineer. Um, I'm working with uh, WorkGrid based in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I am a mum of four boys and I'm passionate about women and especially moms coding. Hi, I'm Sarah Pori. I am based in Houston. I'm a mom of two little boys. I have been in the uh, music business and teaching for the past, gosh, almost 20 years. And I am switching careers to become a developer, hopefully by the end of this year. And I love also working with moms uh, because they're just superheroes. <laughs> they're super warm <laughs> and it's always fun to uh, learn from them. And hello, everyone. I'm Wendy. I'm coming to you from Brussels, Belgium, although I'm originally Californian. I am a front-end web developer trying to study to be a full-stack developer. I am lucky because I get to work with moms at the moment on a daily basis uh, with Moms Can Code School. So I'm their student success manager there, and I'm really enjoying supporting other moms that are learning to code and develop their career. Awesome. Um, there are a lot of tools that we can pick from. So we've tried to organize it into categories um, and we will probably go through it in a fairly logical way that is represents how and where you would use these tools in a life cycle of a product from beginning to end. We could start with communication. That's a really important one. How do we talk to each other on a team, a project? You have all these different people. We have designers, you have coders, you have back end, front end, you have all these different things to share. So I guess communication is so important. It can make or break a project. My top pick would be Zoom. Um, there's lots to choose from. I think if you're having a meeting, it's nice to have a face-to-face. It supports remote work. It has really good quality and there's lots of options for just the free off-the-shelf account. So I think there is a maximum with all of these on how many people you can join, but you can create your own room and it's really done us well in the mom's coding group that we've worked together with. So yeah, I love Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think the nice thing that I like about Zoom actually is that you can record your meetings um, with a free version, which uh, is not the case with every uh, video chat you can have. I know there's like a time limit on that but yeah it, it's usually worked pretty well for me so and it's nice to have that kind of feeling of face-to-face interaction with people you need yeah. sometimes yeah. just talk. yeah okay. I think there's a limit on like how many people I, I have a feeling it's like four okay or five is it yeah, yeah. but the thing the thing is it's really quick and easy to set up a paid plan and mm-hmm. it's not hugely expensive either, you know, mm-hmm. like it's under 10 bucks a month, I think, but mm-hmm. I could be making that up. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of the time you have to go with what the team is using already. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone is in a situation where we are, where we joined a team mm-hmm. as a hackathon and then we just kept mm-hmm. it going. <laughs> yeah. So it just depends on your environment, doesn't it as well? Well, uh, one of the communication tools that I really like um, has been Slack. And I came to actually know about Slack uh, last year. And I think it's been a wonderful tool 
because um, it allows you to really communicate well with people. It can have different channels where it can be um, getting into uh, what you're actually looking for. Um, and also you can uh, chat privately with people or have a group of people that you can chat with so that, you know, you don't have to put all of your messages um, in for everybody to see, you know, some things are more, more focused and in, in talking to to. Yeah. to Sorry, my brain is not working well, very well today. <laughs> I know the feeling. Cool. I'm uh, Welcome to the mom's coding world. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, I think everyone loves Slack that uses it in Teams. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like it's the other thing in my relationship. I mean, it's, <laughs> I am on Slack a lot, yeah. unfortunately. Um, yeah. And yeah. I am going to That's be funny. hitting like 20 workspaces soon, which is ridiculous. I need to call, I need to cut that down. But it's... Wow, 20. But you know that it's it's so I think with Slack that I see in work that uh, it's almost invading your coding space sometimes because it's pinging every second. Yeah. And yeah. in one particular workspace alone, you can have like 20 channels. So you've got your water cooler channel and your general and then developer and then product and whatever. So right. I find that you've got to make a decision to zoom it out as well yes. and just focus. But it's there when you need it unless you're actually mentioned on it you know so you can manage that really well it does the whole fun side you can do i love the emojis i could just talk about <laughs> <those> slack, <laughs> slack emojis they oh, make my day yeah, yeah. you know especially so the banana the, the party turtle that's my I, party I'm, turtle. oh and i keep adding them like i keep adding more and more <laughs> but yeah there's yeah. so many good integrations too like that that's what i love is yeah. that it, it's all the tools that you really need to, to integrate you know you can integrate to GitHub, yeah. you can integrate to trello you can integrate to to google drive really easily and you have oh, these yeah. fun bots you know you can have a standard the bots um, yeah yeah <laughs> it's just it's so cool it was it's what you'd love your product whenever we make our dream someday maybe products that we've all talked yeah. about it, it's what you'd want it has this api available that you can yeah. use as a developer to yeah. you know in your company you can tweak it and mm -hmm. i just i just love the idea of it. it's very very cool well, so yeah. andy sorry i interrupted you you never actually got to pick your own that's all right uh <laughs> so i was just going to mention twitter which is what i have a love-hate relationship with yeah. but like in the tech sphere it's funny i twitter is, is quite nice because you can interact with people mm -hmm. really high level people really quickly and yeah. um, talk to them and it's amazing how open the community is other spheres mm -hmm. in twitter i don't want to go into i have to be honest yeah. even when i had to do it for work i was just oh cringing inside but for whatever reason like it's one bright relatively nice corner of twitter um mm -hmm. in tech and it's just yeah like, so many hints and so much advice really quickly so yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I think twitter's a great one i think um it really does help people to feel more confident because they're not the only ones learning to code and when people say hey i'm really glad you tweeted this i have the exact same serious problem like i had to throw out all my work yesterday i was like get stash and you know start off all over again it's great to have that um connection when you're a coder by yourself a freelancer maybe you know um and anyway either way no matter what it's just camaraderie and a feeling of a community plus i actually look on twitter for advice if i'm checking out a new tool mm -hmm. it's the first place i look so it's not just a, a way of telling people is anyone else going through this help me out guys am i going crazy it's it's the validation and but it's technical knowledge as well you know yeah. so it's a phenomenal tool for communication i think that would be probably more important to me than slack which is saying that's a lot because i'm on slack all day <laughs> so yeah. i'd find it hard to pick between the two of those actually <laughs> yeah the same for me with twitter i think twitter is, uh, has been fantastic because you have so many people 
offering a lot of help and offering a lot of tools that you can use. And um, just last night, I um, saw a tweet about um, one of the girls I followed that um, she had a, a really good resource for learning Java and practicing Java, and, and that was phenomenal. And my um, husband, who's been writing Java for many years, he looked at it and was like, I had no idea JetBrains did that. And I was like, this is great. You know, you can see that and you can actually share it with people. And it's, it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. That's my right okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's communication tools. So do we want to talk about maybe workflow tools? So I guess we're referring to things like how we get organized in a project and manage the project. So um, I love Trello and there are lots of tools available, enterprise tools, free tools, but Trello for me, whether it's to get my day the way I want it to go and make a list for today or whether it's to communicate with my team and show everybody else where we are and open it up as a project management tool for a large project or whether it's just a hackathon. I have never failed to benefit from Trello. It's always in, it's in every meeting that I'm on enterprise-wide now in my company, in my job I have, but also personally, I have my own Trello board going on. So I know when I come back in on a Monday where I left off um, and I've seen lots of other people using it the same. Um, it's just really phenomenal, um, especially because you can have like your um, up next column, your doing column, your ready to go live column. And you can also have columns like uh, resources. So as the team go along and different people log in at different times and check the current snapshot of the project they can say hey i just tested this out and i think we should do this and we get pinged then that they've updated it and we can actually look in and see the link to the article they read it's absolutely amazing i mean and the fact that you can just click and drag everything and it's free there's a a fantastic free um account so just being able to prioritize and you can color tag everything so you can mm-hmm. say everything in orange is going to be for this uh, back end. Everything in red is is uh, critical, mission mm-hmm. critical. So mm-hmm. it's got so much customization. You can put your own nice background on it and don't be afraid of it. Like if you're a new programmer or you've been programming for years, but you've never, you found yourself not motivated, this gets you motivated. If you yeah. put your, this is what I want to get done by Friday up there in black and white, you, and you can log in from anywhere and check it. It really helps you focus your thoughts. And I like that uh, we use Trello for our hackathon and I love that you could actually um, do messages for individual people. So that, like, if you have a card, say for Louise and uh, Louise and I are working on it, we can actually um, give each other messages of what we're doing and the other person can go back and read it. And so it, it's fantastic with communication as well. Yeah, it just seems to have all, yeah, so- all the features you need to work on uh-huh. a project. It really does. And I love yeah. the visual trend yeah. as well. I'm a visual learner, yeah. so I definitely appreciate definitely. that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. that's true, yeah. yeah. Um, so what about you, Sarah? Would you have... I have a um, a tool that is has been my favorite for the past, um, I don't know how very many months I've been using it, um, and it's Forest App. It's a very simple, simple time management tool. The visual, as we're talking about visuals, is, is just fantastic. I love that app. It, so what it is, is basically you're picking the time that you want to focus on whatever project or work you're doing. And a lot of it works with the Pomodoro uh, time management technique, basically, where you're setting up, say, 25 minutes of work and then take a five minutes of break and so forth. But with Forest, it's actually more flexible because you can go as little as 10 minutes of work, focus work and as you know, long as I think 120 minutes. And what it does is that um, you pick whatever however much time you want to spend on that on that project. You click the, the timer, and it basically shows you how how much you've you know accomplished, how many minutes you've done. And 
it actually locks your phone basically um, and doesn't let you go in your other apps and tools and which is which is good. It doesn't literally oh. lock it, but if you if you go out of forest to go say check your Slack channel or your text messages or, or what have you, it basically plants you in virtual tree. And if you exit the app, it kills your tree and it shows it on your history, so you can't get away with you know. I need this app so badly. Right. Yeah, it's great. You know, because I'm motivated not. I get text messages. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, and like, oh, I need to check this text message, and I'm, and I open my phone, and there's forest apps, you know, counting down the minutes for me, and I know that if I exit, it's going to kill my tree, and it's going to show it on my forest. And I don't have dead trees, so I just you know, stick with the project. It's, it's, it's been really idea. actually good, <laughs> exactly. Right, about it. it has little fun messages on it, so if you you know unlock your phone and it opens up the app, it it shows you like you know. Stay focused. Sometimes it has like motivation. <laughs> Stay focused. Don't give up. And sometimes it tells you like, stop looking at me. Stop messing around. You know, it's, it's funny. Oh, that's funny. And I think once you reach a certain number of uh, trees, and Wendy, you can help me with, with that one. They actually uh, plant real trees, which is wow. nice. Yeah. And so you can, you know, it's, it's really cute. It's super simple. You only have like, you can see the tree growing, you know, and it's cute and once you uh, gain certain points after working however many hours you're working, you can actually pick other trees. So I uh, finally graduated to like doing banana trees in my bathroom. That's awesome. Yeah. And for a time I was using it and I didn't know exactly how much time I was spending working on projects. And it was frustrating because I was like, well, I know I've worked on something, but I don't know how much time I spent on it. But this past week, I really spent some time on forest and really made sure that I timing my projects. And at the end of the week, I was like, oh my gosh, I can look, I work eight hours on, you know, whatever project I was working on. So it's really nice to have that. And it's really cute. So (laughs) I really love that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. it's beautifully designed. I think it's a great. But also for making um making uh invoices for clients, it's good to reflect back, isn't it? Yes. Um, how exactly. many hours do I spend? Exactly. What what did I actually do? And so Marika, it's, it's really helpful. She was saying yeah. that she uses this right now because uh, sadly she couldn't be with us today. Yeah. But um, she was yeah. saying that she's yeah. using the, these timers to help her gauge how much time she's spending on her client projects. Which, yeah. Exactly. As a freelancer, it's important because the client is going to be like, well, no, you didn't spend this much time. And you can actually give them something proof that, yes, I've been spending this much time on your project. So, Wendy, what about you? What was your top? (laughs) Yeah. So following on from that, um, I've been using Kanban Flow, which we set up as a team because it's good to have a little competition. Um, And Kanban is like a little extension of a Pomodoro timer, but in a board where you have a, you know, in progress done this sort of thing Mm -hmm. and so basically what's great is that similar to what you can do in a trello board you assign yourself your task you set your that has a built-in pomodoro timer um so you click your pomodoro timer to your task whenever you want to do that and so you can quickly see everything you know from from what you intend to start to uh what you're working on now to what you've finished and accomplished uh, you can pin in some resources. I mean, it's a great tool to just have a good overview of what you're doing, how you're progressing, where you want to go. And it's nice because you can do it with a team. And and I think yeah. that's great. And we kind of like uh, set it up so that we, we have scores so you can see how many Pomodoros everybody has done. And it's just nice yeah. to have that little bit of competition yeah. there too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And like, you're like, yay, I'm top of the leaderboard. I'm 
<laughs> 20, 20 pomodoros this week. Oh, oh my gosh. And then something else about Kanban is that um, you just have to remember to stop the timer. Like if you're not working with Pomodoro and if you're just setting up the like stopwatch or whatever, if you're not stopping it once your project is over, it cancels your time actually. So if you know if you're not you know if you're not stopping it after however many hours, it it will stop the project. So there were times that I would like stop start my project and I would completely forget forget about camera and I would start teaching or whatever. And then the next day we'll come back to it and open the browser and be like, Oh, your time wasn't saved because you were <laughs> You walked out on me. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's good it keeps you accountable. You need to focus on what you're doing. So. Yeah. <laughs> And I like that it has a Yeah, you only do it once, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. That's true, yeah. But you have to go for a break after 45 minutes. Right. You just go and make tea. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, they're all very helpful. So the next um, tool that we would like to talk about is design. Uh, I think, Wendy, you'd be, it'd be nice <laughs> if you could start this one. Yeah, well. Since you're our arty one yeah well you know I, my first degree is art so i went through all of the graphic design stuff i've done all the adobe tools and i have to say like my favorite tool right now for design and building prototypes is figma um because uh oh gosh it, it's just so awesome like you can um you can do this as a team so you can easily have teams working on the same prototype same wireframe all together which is fantastic you can save, uh, if you do the paid version, you can save a component library. So you can have all your UI components in a library saved to pull down for any project. Or I, I just think it's a beautiful, um, really smooth way of working with other people on building a wireframe. It has all the tools you need. Great um, integration for you know quickly getting all of your colors sorted because it will remember the colors from your components, it will so your color palette's pretty easy to set. You can set your font family really easily, which is great. So you have that consistency across the board because it remembers that from the components um, that you set up. And you know, the, it has little built-in tools. You know, I can do my Bezier curves, which if you ever had a pen tool in Illustrator, you'll understand my excitement. Not everybody loves this, but I love the pen tool in Illustrator, and I love making these curves. So um, you know, that's, that's my that's my jam. So. Um, Having that that level of graphic design ability in a basically a wireframe tool is is great. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. Well, of well, you uh, Wendy, you actually designed the Raisin Code logo, and it's something you're good at. So techie artist, it's and I've seen some of your blogs, and they have beautiful graphical images. And I know um, you like to change them up to your style. So I just think it's great to have. Um, free tools that you can yeah. do that in if that's your thing everyone has a certain thing that they love most about what they're doing with coding it's not all about full stack or back end or front end and it's great we can all it's always nice to have different types of work in our project so yes. it's nice to dabble in the front end and know that you can do some design work and get out of yeah. the heavy coding you know well, it's got i mean it's got everything you need as far as graphic design goes as well as the the yeah. basic prototype tools you can click through you can create buttons and they'll click through to the next card you know it flows so you can present to them yeah. a full version of what you propose to create and it even has code snippets which you know I, I don't know if they're that useful i prefer to just refer back code from there but they do have code snippets which can give you a helpful hint yeah no it sounds cool and what about you sarah what would your design pick be um, I only used uh, Balsamic IQ 
uh, briefly. And it's nice because it's also, you have a free version of it and you can use it uh, for a lot of wireframing of the project. Pretty simple. It has a lot of uh, um, tools you can use and a lot of sort of templates that you can use, which is great. Um, so if you don't have a very clear idea of what your project uh, needs to look like or what you wanted it to be, um, you can use those templates. And I think that's that's really helpful. You know, like you mentioned about Figma, it also allows you to, you know, pick fonts and colors pretty easily, but I don't think it's as um, sophisticated as Figma. <laughs> but it, it's been easy to use uh, the, the, the few times that I've used it. Um, pretty basic. You can get to what you want to get to pretty quickly. Yeah. So what about you, you Luz? I know you have a <laughs> really good way of doing it. I knew that um, this episode was always going to be a jumbo episode because we have so much to get through. And that's okay. You know, if we end up having a longer episode we can keep going we've so much to talk about and tools are so important so I think we should try and get through as much as we can but anyway I suppose my design pick I have briefly played around with balsamic but I haven't had a huge amount of need and experience so I'm I, I tend to end up on projects where design isn't part of my role <laughs> probably a good thing because I don't I don't have that gift of uh, how things should look I know how they should work but not so much how they should look and um, but I have I always loved Photoshop. I know it's, you know, it's much more uh, hardcore. You're building up things mm-hmm. like um, from scratch. So you are designing a logo, for example, rather than how the mobile page should look or whatever. Um, so I like it because you can just quickly create your own colors, your own logos and schemes for, for a project. So I think it's really creative tool that I love. Um um, yeah, so I always like to have Photoshop account working on, and I have a paid account. I've had it for years and still going strong. So it was a great investment way back. I would say, God, eight years ago. So, um, I think it's always good to have it for, yeah. If you, and then you're not dependent on another tool exactly. to see what it comes with. You can just create anything you like, yeah. you know, I, I have an old laptop with photoshop on it and i have not gotten rid of this laptop because it has photoshop on it i'm like i have to keep i'm the same (laughs) yeah we have the same we have the photoshop laptop in our house and my kids use it sometimes and like that's the only reason we keep that laptop (laughs) because we can't remember yeah and it's a great tool and if you know how to use it it's really handy not just you know for you know design with web development but it's just it's a really handy tool to know how to use it it is. Um, and I think that if somebody sends you something and says, oh, my God, I just I wanted to do something with this image. Um, okay. You know, you can just worst case scenario, just uh, yeah, start cropping it and taking bits out and okay. putting borders around it and putting it a, 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 a text caption on it. And they're like, mm-hmm. I love you. This is amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's handy skills to have in the tech world, you know. So our next topic is a very important one. So um, brace yourselves. This is the... <laughs> The, the the tools that we develop with every day. So this is this is it, girls. This is the meaty topic. Yes. And um, what do you load up every day when you're starting to code out that beautiful code and make magic happen? So, um, Sarah, do you want to kick things off? Yes. Um. And and I will go through my tools very quickly because I know we we have a brief amount of time. So, um, the tool that I I go to and I um write all of my codes in is um IntelliJ ID. Um, it's a JetBrains um, tool for um, developing, and it, and it it's it's a wonderful, wonderful. Tool. I I just I love IntelliJ. Um, it does have um, two different uh, versions. You have a community version, which is free, and then you have the paid version. Um, and it is pretty pricey. So um, you know, if you want to 
give it a try and use the community version. It still does have a lot of wonderful tools that uh, the paid version does. But the paid version um, is really great because um, it helps you sort of autocomplete um, your code. You don't have to type everything, you know, um, just from scratch. Um, you can create um, little code templates, if you will. So, like, if you're using the same code all the time, like if you're using uh, for loops all the time, you can actually create your little for loop in um, on IntelliJ, and you could, for example, just for write in for i, and it will just complete the whole loop for you. And then you can go back and choose awesome. what you want to do. Uh, it's, it's a phenomenal tool. I just I love it. I can't I can't talk. <laughs> Enough about intelligence. I really like that tool. It it is used um, uh, mainly for um, I think uh, Java development and more. You know, a lot of backend things. You have uh, plugins that you can use. You can, uh, for instance, I'm I'm doing Express and um, I I'm doing files on EJS. So you can actually go and just put all of those tools on IntelliJ, and it will um, read it based on whatever language you're writing in it. So it's it's really really wonderful. It's, that's my favorite tool to go to. A couple of other tools that I have used um, are co the, the cloud um, tools that I've used are uh, Code Sandbox and CodePen. Um, and super, super quickly about so, uh, Code Sandbox um, does integrate with your uh, GitHub. Um, so does IntelliJ. You can actually go and do all of your uh, push pull requests, uh, anything that you want to do on GitHub, you can do it um, automatically. So important. Um, you can do that. And then for Code Sandbox, you can do that as well. You can even um, create your um, Git repository on, uh, on Code Sandbox uh, directly. Um, it does have templates that you can use. It is um, a newer tool, so you do get a lot of bugs sometimes. Um, I've, I've experienced uh, where it doesn't automatically load your project, so you have to um, reload your whole page to do it, and sometimes it doesn't save everything right away, so it's it's been annoying a few times that I've used it. Um, but if you're just doing a quick little project, it does help to just do it on cloud and you know uh, do your Git repositories as well. So it does show it on your GitHub that you've, you've used it. Uh, CodePen I love because you have your three little major areas where you can have your HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Um, all in one place, and you can just see the results um, right away. It gives you that instant gratification. Um, and with CodePen, you can also add things like React, where you can write um, in React on CodePen, which which is fantastic. Um, and it's, it's fantastic because you go there and you just create something really quickly, and it just shows you the results. So if you want to test the code, you can just go to CodePen and... Um, you can also search stuff that other people have done if you want to get inspirations or if you're looking for um, a design that you don't know how to code it. A lot of people have done it already, so you can search and get their codes really quickly. So I, I love CodePen. Yeah. Um, these are all the tricks of the trade that make daily um, coding easier. And sometimes you want something that will contain your whole project. Sometimes you want something just for 20 minutes to try it out and you don't want to have to set up a whole React app. Exactly. So you, 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 these are really good tips and tricks to play around with and figure out which one suits you. And it's a personal style as well. Everyone you ask will have a different answer for this. There are so many out there yes. and they're all, um, you know, free. So yeah. it's great. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And you mentioned the React, um, you know, setting up a whole React project um, with Code Sandband, actually, with Code Sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> Code Sandbox has it's the... It's a very um, scary tool. I know, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> it does have the template where you can, uh, for instance, go and use the React template or Angular and all of that. And you don't have to set up the whole thing. It has it already set up for you and it gives you the terminal. I mean, I, I, I jump from one to another. I know that I started off on day one using um, JS Fiddle mm-hmm. and I have now got quite a lot of things on there. And mm-hmm. um, that was my place to go when I was studying for interviews because I would try and see, can I solve this riddle? And I would do it there and you can pull in um, the jQuery library. You can pull in CDNs if you want libraries um, to help you. But um, there's tons of them I'm now realizing. And even in my job where we have a private Bitbucket account, we still do POCs, proof of concepts. And for each person who's doing that, they might store that on Code Sandbox so everyone can play around with it before we bring it into the product. So these tools are used, whether you're um, building an enterprise product or, you know, doing a freelance job or on a hackathon, these are really useful. And you have to get a flavor for them by trying them out. That's the thing. Um, So um, I think I may as well go next. Um, My topic of choice would be git because i tend to be like a git um nutter i i have stress about git i I have a love-hate relationship with it Um, so it's so important to yourself and a project whether you're doing your own product or whether you're working in a team um, you have to face git it is here for good and uh you need to embrace it you need to learn how to use it and don't be afraid of it and And most of the time you can get away with a certain 10 commands and the rest of the time, which could be every day or every week, you'll, you'll have a problem with it and you'll have to use a different command. There's lots of documentation out there on it. It's a source code um, repository tool Mm -hmm. and you can use GUIs to interact with it, which are free, but I like the command line. I just, you know, and I I just kind of get used to it, but it's so important to learn and to have a Git strategy in your team from day one. And that means everybody can sign into Git, has a user account. And, and not only that, you may think you're experienced with it, but just get everybody to pull down the repo, which may be just a blank page and put their name on the page and push it up. And if everyone can do that, that can take days just to get everybody comfortable with that. You know, then I think your project can have a more fluid experience because the amount of times that projects have actually come to a standstill because work has been lost or people are in a state about, you know, why their Git isn't pushing up or whatever Mm -hmm. and having conflict. So it is worth spending a bit of time getting to know it, setting it up. And also you need a really good Git um, presence nowadays. It's a portfolio. It's a window into a a programmer's world for um, a potential employer. So from day one, um, try and make regular Git commits, um, if not every day, then a couple of times a week. And there's lots of, th- you guys started a fantastic um, challenge on Twitter to encourage moms to code or newbies to code and do 30 days of Git. This is great because, you know, you're you're getting familiar with tools you need for everyday coding. Plus you have um, a motivation to increase your skills and you have a great uh, portfolio. Um, so as much as I have major problems with Git, like everybody else, even though I've used it for years, I actually literally had, yeah, had to do a crazy thing where I was amending a commit message the other day because I forgot to put in the ticket and we have an automatic linting that if you don't, when you commit, if you don't put in the ticket, it, uh, accept it so I tear my hair out quite often about Git but I still love it and you just have to learn it <laughs> I, I just have to give you so many props because I think you are like a Git guru because 
you know, I have to be honest, your strategy is the best thing that we like with the hackathon team, we had so many people that hadn't done gets. And because of your strategy, we did not have problems. I thought we would have so many conflicts. It's going to be awful. We did not have problems. And that is just unheard of, I think, in teams, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. In my experience, yes. Um, (laughs) I was very proud of that, actually. But I was like a git Nazi. I was so traumatized. But it worked, you know. Yeah, we didn't have we didn't have git bombs, and it was great. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't want to frighten everybody away. We had enough to to deal with on that hackathon with people being nervous. So I said, let's just demystify and make it like just a non 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 issue. Let's Mm -hmm. just get that out of the way, you know. But uh, yeah, and we actually can put it in the show notes. We should put in the link that the document I made that because it links to your. My kid strategy and your video that you did, which was fabulous. Your video was yeah. amazing. Wendy. Yes. I don't know where it is now, but you need to post <laughs> it. Somewhere it in the ether. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. have to link that up. But um, but yeah, it just um, I, I just think that uh, Louise, you have such a good point about get, and it is an essential thing for people yeah. to know. Absolutely, you have got to understand that to to make it. I think you can cut it in this, this yeah. crazy development world. Mm-hmm. So. And Wendy, what about you? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd love to talk about VizCode, but that's like a whole other topic completely. Um, <laughs> but it would just take a whole. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'll just briefly talk <laughs> about <is> phenomenal. <laughs> one fun thing I'm, I played with recently, which is VirtualBox, which is fun because you can spin up whatever operating system you would like to. So you can. Mm-hmm have your own oh. computer on your computer um so you can have your windows operating system whatever version you want i think i was uh basically doing this to learn a little bit about cybersecurity. so i was trying to hack my way into a windows 98 <laughs> operating system yeah. but you can do that for any kind of different you know you can run linux on your mac i mean it's just it's great because you can just spin up whatever operating system you want to um in your own container your own little box and then do whatever you like to do so it, um so it's really a nice little tool um, that I don't know if everybody gets into it. It's kind of fun. I'm making notes. I, I'd never heard of it, but that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to <laughs> So I think we have time to do a very quick um, discussion on debugging, yeah. and then we're going to call it a day for today. <laughs> so we'll have to come. We'll have to do a tools part two, basically. Yeah, world, I think. Feels like. yeah. So yes. Yes. <laughs> so how about you, Sarah? Do you want to kick off? debugging yes um so my favorite debugging tool is uh, postman and um i love it because it allows you to um really uh, see what you're doing with your http requests and it, it actually i think it used to be um sort of online tool only you would open your browser and then sign in and do it it is a free tool uh, but now it opens up as an uh, individual app you basically put in your url that you want to test and uh, you can see if your post, get, patch, delete, whatever else you're working on is actually working. And it uh, gives you the key value description. And um, you can actually uh, look at different parts of your, your um, basically HTTP request you're working on. So if you want to look at the header or body or kind of parse it a little bit if you, if you wanted to, it, it is a really good tool. I've uh, been working with X. Um, Git and um, post requests lately. So Postman has come in very handy to use. Yeah. So when you're developing, if you don't have a front end and you're you're trying to make sure your back end is doing what it should, Mm -hmm. or if you're trying to integrate with something like Twitter, a Mm -hmm. back end that already exists, it may be Google and Maps. 
uh, whatever your app is doing, they have APIs available. They, they document them. You can plug in, you can literally copy and paste those snippets of code from Google Maps or from your own backend server. You can put it into Postman and, uh, you know, you can post it post to those endpoints and you see the response back. So therefore, when you're designing your front end, you can um, know what to expect. Yes. And so it's, it's an API development environment that bridges the gap between front end and back end. It gives you visibility in an otherwise very difficult scenario where you don't know what you're going to get back from your post right. or, your, or your get. So um, it's, it's part of daily coding. Um, you know, if you're doing your full stack development, um, making an app, you've got to learn what's, uh, what these data packets contain, these HTTP requests. So I, I love it as well. Um, I guess my, my topic of choice would be VS code debugger, because, um, when you're coding, you can set it up with launch.json that you can run your app with breakpoints. So as you kick off your app, you may have to do some front-end stuff first and then it switches back to the back-end or you could be just looking at back-end. You could be writing unit tests and you can even run it in that mode. You can pause your unit test. Um, so um, it's it's a lifeline. I cannot actually do anything without setting up my debug environment in VS Code um, because I feel like I can hover over everything and find out what values are going into it and I can handle errors more elegantly. I can extract the information quicker because I can see exactly what the object contains. So it's a lifeline and you, a lot of people don't know about it at the start and don't use it. And you just go, I don't know what's happening. I just got an error. You're blind, you're coding in the dark. So this is a really phenomenal way to get some, some more information out of your system to figure out what's going on. So how about you, Wendy? Yeah, well, I think I have a similar tool. Um, I'm, I, I really like Chrome DevTools, um, which works similarly to, to the VizCode debugger. Um, you, you can set your breakpoints in Chrome. Um, you can easily look up, you know, what, what your different objects and see what's going on in there. Um, you know, you're working more in a browser situation as opposed to in your development. It's front end, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's the difference, yeah. and I think that's um, where there's, you know, you can see the the benefits of VizCode debugger over um, Chrome. But, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just so much easier to be able to quickly see, even if you're looking at other websites, you know, it's to quickly see what's going Mm -hmm. on there. Um, You can have little extensions for React, which is nice, uh, which I could be ages to figure that out, which is silly. Um, And it's just nice that you're able to do that in a browser, just run through, set your breakpoints, see what's happening, um, see where things can possibly go wrong, make little changes, see see if you can fix it really quickly. And if you're spinning up something like live server from VizCode, you have you have it in your browser anyway, so you can check it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I know Sarah, when we started the hackathon, you yes. learned about inspecting the elements so you could figure out where the button yep. um sizing could be changed. So you, mm-hmm. you actually change the style dynamically. You got it right on be on the Chrome DevTools and then you were able to copy that code into your Yes, into your yeah. Um, yeah. React styling useful tool that I had used during Hackathon, and I learned about it during that time. And it actually allows you to change a lot of things without actually destroying everybody else's code because it's temporary and it doesn't you know, permanently change anything. So you can uh, fiddle around with everything um, and just see what suits your interest best, and then go back to your you know environment and then change yeah. it. So it, it was it. Yeah. Tool. Yeah, definitely. And if you set up just to to clarify, if you set up VS Code Debugger, 
and you have to do an interaction on the front end, mm -hmm. it will, and you have dev tools open on, on Chrome, for example, mm -hmm. it will link it all in and it will step through and switch to the front and then it will go back to VS Code because mm -hmm. the only code that you're hovering over in VS Code is back end, you know? Yeah. So um, it, the two are just, they work so well together. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that VS Code now is Microsoft. So mm -hmm. um, everyone is very like happy, sad about that because we want it to stay oh, phenomenal and <laughs> Microsoft is great, but you know, we want to make sure it doesn't get cluttered up with stuff we don't need because it's open yeah. source heaven, you know, yes. people write plugins for VS Code to make mm -hmm. it prettier, to make auto formatting easier and for Angular or React or whatever tool or JavaScript, you can, you can just get so many different cool tools that people write because they love VS Code. So, yeah. um, anyway. So, girls, I think yeah. that's a wrap. We could we could talk for another hour on this, <laughs> I but I think we'll 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 we'll... <laughs> yes. we'll continue. Yeah, we're we'll continue. We'll do another one. Hour. I think yeah. we just wanted to make sure everyone who is out there learning to code can get started or um, have some discovery points on and where they might want to go because the tools are important, but there's a yeah. lot to choose from. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on what your focus is at the time. So hopefully we've given you a, some food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, if you if you agree or disagree with any of this, it'd be great to hear from anybody that's listening. And yeah, yeah you can find us all on Twitter. So And send us your favorite tools too. Yes. <laughs> we love yeah. tools and figuring out, you know, other tools out there. And there's new stuff coming up all the time. That's the thing. So yeah. um, okay, guys, thanks so much. Thanks. This was great. And we will, we will talk again soon. Yeah. Happy coding. Bye, Bye everyone.